athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. As always, thank you for joining me, however you may be listening, radio stations all across the country. How about our friends up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, WGBN's been carrying the program since 2008. Whether you may be listening to us on Sirius XM, Channel 141, or... 142 or if you're listening to us on the world wide web thank you for making box to row a part of your day listen we got a whole lot to get to on today's program national football league we're now talking about week five in the league a quarter of the way well a little less than quarter of the way through the season now that we have 17 games to play as opposed to to 16 games where does your team sit what does your team sit right now you know i'm a as you know if you've listened to this program from any amount of time you know i'm a big washington football team fan what a victory i, I mean really fortunate I, I don't i won't say lucky i'll say fortunate and by the way taylor heineke is a is a not only a legitimate starting quarterback in the National Football League. He's got that something special, right? Like he's just got, he's a winner. He wants to win. Coming from a smaller school, Old Dominion is where he played. I think even when he played at Old Dominion, it was in the FCS. Of course, Old Dominion now is in the FBS, but he's a winner. But where does your football team sit almost a quarter of the way through the season? We're going to talk some National Football League on the program Obviously, I have my picks. I, I, I have to look and see how I did this week. I'll let you know how I did this week, give you my predictions for week five. I know the last couple of weeks I've had double-digit wins, right? Double-digit wins. I think it was 10-5 and five last week. Uh, obviously, when we come on, the Thursday night game would have already been played. But I think I had like 10 wins. I think it was 10-5 and five last week. I think 10-5 and five the week before. So, again, Question, how is your team doing to this point as we're almost a quarter of the way through the National Football League season? Listen, we got a big fight uh, on a big fight Saturday, right? Wilder, Fury, three, the trilogy for it all. Uh, you know, we saw this last year. What was it? Uh, February 2020. Uh, it, it was just, I mean, Tyson Fury just, I mean, just put work in. You know the thing about boxing. I'm going to tell you the thing about boxing. Like, 
And this is where boxing is brilliant, right? Okay, watch that fight between Fury and Wilder last year. And it was a dominating performance. Not only was it a dominating performance by Fury, I I came away from that fight thinking, no way in the world that Wilder can beat Fury, even if they do it again. So I'm not even going to get the fight. I'm not going to get the fight. They were, I think they were scheduled to fight maybe six months later or something like that. Of course, COVID hit. Then they were scheduled to fight maybe this year back in uh, September, I think. Uh, maybe not. I don't know if it was September. No, it was may have been July. And Tyson Fury had uh, COVID. So we've come to it now. And again, as I mentioned at that time, I, I'm like, I'm not getting, if there's a third fight, Right, like I'm not getting that. No way in the world that Fury can beat Wilder, at least based upon that. But then you go through the whole shebang. Well, he came out and he had too much gear on, so he was tired, and so on and so forth. And then you get, and then time passes. Right, that's what happens. Time passes. I mean, you look at, I mean, any number of. There's a lot of like, like I happen to white watch the um, Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson fight, like. Why? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, why? But I watched. You know, I, I can look at any number of fights that I would say, no, I'm not going to do that again, and then ultimately do it anyway. That's the beauty, right? That is the beauty of boxing. So, yeah, I'm going to watch the fight. I'm going to watch. I'm going to be entertained. Uh, I think, it. you know, it, it, the buildup to it, to me, it's not the same as before. I don't know if that's because uh, because Tyson Fury's the overwhelming favorite, or should be if he's not anyway. If it's because of COVID, I don't know. But it doesn't have the feel like man. This is a big. This is. I mean, these are heavyweights. This is a big time fight, and it just doesn't have that feel like a uh, the build up anyway. But I'm gonna watch. Uh, it's no question about it. So I'm gonna be interested to see that fight so we're going to talk some national football league also let me set the table for you a little bit today here on the program with respect to one of our guests so talladega there was a race uh on monday at talladega and as the race was going on bubba wallace had the lead all of a sudden the race was stopped because of rain and ultimately by the time it was all said and done NASCAR officials thought that they would not be able to continue with the race because it's it's a situation where I think at Talladega there are no lights right so there are no lights so you got to factor that in I mean it's you can't go much past Monday I mean you really can't because you got another there's a race this weekend in Charlotte Right. So you can't, you know, it's one thing. OK, maybe if you have a rain delay from a Sunday race, you go Monday, but you can't go much past Monday to get ready for the next race. NASCAR officials decided to call the race at that point and history was made because Bubba Wallace wins his very first NASCAR Cup series race wins his very first NASCAR cup series race 
So congratulations to Bubba Wallace. He's the only black driver on the NASCAR circuit right now, right? He does something that only Wendell Scott has done, and you got to go back to the 60s when Wendell Scott won a top series NASCAR race. Bubba Wallace has been through it, right? During COVID, you had the whole new situation, ironically, right at Talladega. Uh, and he's he's switched now. He's he's now and he's not with Richard Petty Racing anymore. He's now with the team. I, I forget it's 23 something, but it's Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin are the owners of that team. And so he's with that team now. And he's, you know, he sort of struggled. Right, he sort of struggled a little bit uh, this year. We hadn't heard his name a lot. You had the whole new situation at Talladega, where the, uh, the FBI determined that it in fact was not a noose. Uh, it just was so, so happened to be a coincidence. And uh, listen, you know he 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 has struggled, no doubt about it, uh, this year. But you talk about vindication, right? And you talk about needing just one. And he's got the sponsors, like the sponsors are on board with him. You know what I mean? Like, he's doing it, right? Like, listen, he finally got over the hump, super elated after the win, which you can understand. And so, listen, we had a chance to catch up in person, as a matter of fact, with Bubba Wallace back during the Daytona 500 Media Day in 2020 again, right before COVID, had a chance to sit down with him for about 15 minutes or so. Um, good guy, really good guy. You want to root for him. You know, he's a brother, right? Not not brothers, No, not really any brothers, right, in NASCAR. And so on today's program, Bubba Wallace, winner of the Talladega race, going to join us today here on Box to Row. You can always participate with us here on Box to Row. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Still to come here on Box to Row, going to talk with NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace. Also joining us on today's program, Albany State is playing some good football right now. Going to be joined by Golden Rams head football coach Gabe Gardenia, plus my NFL predictions for week five we've got a jam-packed show I, if we if we have an opportunity today i want to talk on touch on a couple of games shawan and Bowie state uh, should be an outstanding football game shaw and fayetteville state uh, should be another outstanding football game old corn state and grambling in the western division but i'd have to say the premier game is alabama a&m and Jackson State. Jackson State is coming off that bye week. Can Alabama A&M bounce back from the surprising loss against Grambling and a big win? I mean, Grambling, I thought Grambling was going to be out already, a loss down to Prairie View A&M, hadn't been necessarily playing that well, and then gets a colossal victory, right? So, I mean, a win against Alcorn State by Grambling means that all of a sudden Grambling is right back in that race, but a loss puts them a game down to both Grambling and Prairie View A&M. So, but that Jackson State game, if you hadn't heard the podcast, I give my predictions, I get more into it 
on our HBCU football daily podcast. That You know, the thing for Jackson State, a week off and to prepare for Alabama A&M, and Alabama A&M reeling off a loss. Can Alabama A&M bounce back? I talk about it in the podcast. Should be an outstanding football game. Alabama A&M's defense is susceptible, but can Jackson State take advantage? I talk about it on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. We've got more. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box to Box to Box to The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance invites event planners, athletes, and fans to jump back into all the sports opportunities that Greater Raleigh, North Carolina has to offer. From BMX racing to baseball, soccer to swimming, world-class venues for championship play at every level are right here. Along with first-rate hotels and exciting off-field attractions and experiences. Learn more and plan your next play at RaleighSports.org. Did you know that Miracle Food is used to remove incurable diseases from the body such as cancer, herpes, diabetes, high blood pressure, HIV, and more? It is also a natural safe way to treat disorders such as anxiety, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, ADHD, autism, dementia, Alzheimer's, skin, hair, eye disorders, even paralysis. Miracle Food is taking over the medical industry by storm. ChakraDoctor.org 818-429-1675 Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timberlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom amongst four hundred of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll. So come place an order at www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky. Yeah, that's right. Because that's the way we roll. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsborough. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's, and in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Don Ware. In his fifth season as the head football coach at Albany State is Gabe Gardenia. The Golden Rams on the season, 4-1, coming off a big win on the road against Miles. Next up for the Golden Rams is Edward Waters as Gabe Gardenia joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Gardenia, it's been a while. Welcome back to the program. 
Well, thank you for uh, having me on the show, and uh, super excited to be here and talk about our team and and talk about what's going on in 2021. No question. You guys um, coming off that big win uh, against Miles, 31-3. to Your thoughts on your team's performance? Well, I, I really thought it was a, a complete kind of team win. You know, I mean, we, we played solid in every area. I mean, obviously defensively, uh, I feel like we've really played well uh, all season long. And to be able to hold a team like Miles to just three points um, was a big deal for us. Uh, you know, our special teams, I feel like, continues to, to play pretty solid. I mean, our, our punt return team kind of set up a score, and uh, we, we are, our punter has just been, um, you know, his average punt is probably not the longest in the country, but I don't know if anybody's got more punts inside the 10-yard line than Gabe Balanos right now. Um, and then offensively, you know, we, 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 uh, we took care of the ball for the most part. We were able to, to run it against a really stout, uh, defense um, and throw it uh, enough. Uh, I think there's definitely some throws in the games we wish we had back, but uh, um, but we're able to make enough plays and uh, you know to go to a, a tough place to play against a really good team and kind of exercise some demons. You know they they've, they've beaten us two years in a row in the championship game, so uh, felt good to to win over there. You know it's interesting you mentioned the the run and pass balance because. You know, you've been getting it done with the passing game, but to your point, 38 runs to only 18 passes. Was it by design to run the football a little bit more against Miles? No, I, I think, you know, we really went into the game saying, hey, we're going to throw it down the field. And, uh, um, you know, the quarterback got a little dinged up. And um, and then we were able to, you know, get up the score at the end of the first half. You know, uh, in the little two-minute drive there was, I think, really big to put us up 14-3. to three. Um, And then to come out and score early in the third quarter, it just kind of became, hey, we're up 21-3. to three. The defense is playing really well. Um, you know, let's let's take the air out of this thing a little bit and let's see if we can ground a pound a little bit. And I just uh, keep telling uh, uh, Cam Ward, this freshman tailback we have, I'm just never going to play him again in the first half because uh, every time I just play him exclusively in the second half, he – you know, he's 208 pounds. He's fresh at that time. They're a little worn out, and he just gives us a little bit of a uh, energizer bunny boost right there. And, you know, he's able to run uh, or tote the rock pretty well and, and uh, get over 100 yards in the second half alone. Yeah, you know, overall, this is just a sense. I mean, we talked about the game against Miles. You're 4 and 1 to this point, which mm-hmm. is very solid. I mean, a, a one loss to a, you know, a Valdosta State team that's a perennial uh, power, but. Assess where you sure. are halfway through the season. Well, I, I think we're uh, uh, we're just trying to be the best at getting better, uh, and that's what I'm trying to to keep preaching to our team every week. Is hey, we we, we need to continue to improve. Um, you know, it's it's been unique in that we really don't have any like uh, you know go to guys like you know just uh, on offense at least at receiver, which has been really amazing because we got eight guys that I think that have caught touchdown passes. I just keep telling them we're like the Warriors on offense, you know. We're just trying to get the ball to the open player, and we want the open guy to have enough confidence to go make a play when he gets it, you know. Uh, we don't care if it's Steph or Clay or Draymond shooting the ball, right? We just want to get it to the open guy. Um, and then defensively, our guys have just continued to play hard. Uh, I think Coach Reves and Coach Waits are doing a great job of mixing it up, and, and we just have some, you know, some, some, some personnel that we're trying to get into situations where they can be a mismatch and our guys play hard 
Um, and I think we kind of, I think defensively we kind of figured, hey, we can be pretty good. You know, in the springtime we scrimmaged against West Florida and FAMU. I mean, West Florida is the, you know, uh, 2019 D2 national champ. You know, FAMU was the 2019 HBCU national champ. And we really hung in there with those guys, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I think we just kind of in our mind, or at least in my mind, I was like, man, we can be pretty good on defense. So we just got to hang in there on offense uh, at times and uh, and continue to try to get better. Uh, so uh, practice isn't real fun for the offense all the time, but, you know, uh, Saturdays have been a little bit better. Yeah. That the voice of Gabe Gardenia, the head football coach at Albany State, joins us here on Box to Road, the Golden Rams, uh, going to be uh, in action on Saturday against Edward Waters. If you – Sometimes, as you know, Coach Gardenia, stats can sort of be deceiving. So if you look at the numbers, I mean, I look at – I mean, this pass defense is tremendous. Teams are throwing the football against you a lot. But speak to this pass sure. defense. I mean, you guys giving up only 119 yards per game in today's college football. I mean, that is outstanding. <laughs> yeah, I think it just goes back to us playing team football. I mean – kind of starts up front with getting great pressure on the quarterback and we feel like this defensive line is is deeper and more talented than any we've ever had you know we're trying to you know kind of take up room in the quarterback's head with you know multiple looks and multiple personnel groupings and fronts and pressures and uh you know the good thing is is we got a lot of experience through the middle you know we got basically the uh, uh probably about 30 or 40 games of experience between the mike and Will linebacker and the three and the strong safety. So uh, we got two freshman corners out there that play a lot, but they uh, kind of got a, uh, I guess, a, uh, a safety blanket or a safety net in the, those safeties and, and linebackers. So they just help them get up, get lined up right. They help them get in the right position. And, and those guys through the middle have just really kind of had a calming influence on us. Um, to really surprises us, you know, they get out there and a, a different formation. Valdosta gets out there in a different formation <laughs> first play of the game, and, and it just wasn't panic mode. It was, okay, hey, this is the adjustment, and let's go play the call, and, and let's go play hard. Deontay Banu, you know, what he's able to do, I mean, he's completing, you know, right around 51% of his passes, uh, but he's mm-hmm. been pretty steady. Seven touchdowns to three interceptions on the season for you. Yeah, he's, he's taking care of the ball, and uh, he's getting us in the right play. The completion percentage – you know, he, he's got to play better, um, but he's not a guy that, you know, is uh, has got an ego where you can't coach hard or, or, or is not, you know, uh, willing to admit that, hey, you know, I, there are some places where I can get better. Um, he, you know, and that's the best part about him is he's a leader. He's got a great attitude. He stays positive. Um, he's always got a great rapport uh, with the team. And so that to me is even when he's not, you know, maybe playing as well as he probably could play, it, it doesn't – like, he just doesn't go in the tank on us, you know. He keeps getting the checks right. He keeps getting – setting the protections right. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a big part of playing quarterback is getting us in the right play. And, you know, so he, he manages the game uh, very, very well. Gabe Gardenia, again, in his fifth season, actually fourth on the field if you, if you look at it, but fifth mm-hmm. season as the head football coach at Albany State. He joins us here on the program. So it's homecoming. This Saturday in Albany, I, and you know, I I've been to a, I've been to an Albany State game years ago. 07 Albany State played North Carolina Central, and then I've come down and done a show uh, from Albany during a sp- Albany State during a spring game. So I mean, the support nice. is definitely there 
at Albany State. Sure. Good crowds. I know homecoming is going to be packed. Um, but Edward Waters, like they're playing some good football, even even though it's a provisional member of the SIC, playing right. some pretty good football right now. Talk about, uh, you know, sort of some of the concerns maybe you have about the Tigers. Well, I think, uh, you know, you watch their film and they just, they may have improved from week one to, to week five here uh, as much as anybody in the country. I mean, they just continue to get better. They have really good skill on offense. I mean, the quarterback and the wideouts are, uh, I mean, they, they, they got ickies, you know what I'm saying? They, they make you miss. They, uh, they, um, uh, it doesn't matter if you got three guys around them sometimes, uh, especially in the return game. I mean, we've seen them, you know, uh, pull off some uh, kickoff returns that uh, borderline on uh, Houdini back there. Um, so uh, really good at those positions. I think, uh, you know, Coach is doing a really good job with just the number of formations and the motions and the, kind of the eye candy that they give you. It's impressive uh, from an offense standpoint. And then I think defensively, you know, they, they play really hard. And, and uh, you know, uh, I know their D.C. is going to be very familiar with us because he was at Tuskegee for all those years and uh, does a good job and always had a, had a great plan and, and uh, gets those players on that side of the defense to play hard. Uh, and, oh, by the way, they're pretty big up front on the defensive line. You know, they, they got some size up there, and, and they, uh, they uh, knock you back and penetrate. And, you know, we, uh, uh, you know, we got our hands full. Yeah, and then last thought, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, it, it, I mean, I guess in essence it really is, you know, sort of like five years on the field because of the spring. So uh, how much right. had the spring helped you to, to get to where you are right now, four and one on the season? Well, I, I would say this: the COVID year has got to count for like three years. I mean, that was <laughs> the longest year of my life, <laughs> uh, and uh, the amount of uh, counseling and mental health things, and just managing a team that was, whew, I mean, we all really uh, we, we needed each other. Uh, the best parts of my day and week were when I was able to be, able to be around the players. Um, but to answer your question, uh, spring was huge for us, um, just from a morale point, just to be able to go play those games or do those scrimmages, I guess I should say, and, um, you know, get together with, um, you know, those coaches and, and who are great people and very smart and intelligent and, and just, you know, at, at FAMU, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, just amazing um, the job he's doing down there and uh, and just the person that he is, just kind and, and willing to share and helpful. But then uh, uh, also Coach Shinnick over there at West Florida doing what they're doing. I mean, just just good people. Um, and uh, very uh, helped our team's confidence. Uh, got to look at some freshmen that, you know, we just didn't know if they were any good or not because uh, they hadn't played in any games. And so it was, it was, a, it was a really big deal um, to be able to, to compete a little bit. Next up for the Golden Rams, again, Edward Waters homecoming on Saturday in Albany. Uh, Gabe Gardenia, the head football coach, of Albany State joining us here on the program. Great to catch up with you, Coach Gardenia. Continued success to you and the Golden Rams. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, really appreciate what you're doing there at Box to Row. And, uh, hey, go Rams. We appreciate it. Gabe Gardenia joining us here on the program. And Albany State wants to keep things rolling against Edward Waters. It's going to be happy homecoming there in Albany, Georgia. Our listeners on WASU 92.7 FM. Still to come, NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace going to join us. But up next, 
It's week five in the NFL, and I'm giving my predictions. This is your weekly edition of the Box to Row Blitz. I'm Donald Ware. First, I'm going to take you to Grambling, Louisiana, for the game between Grambling and Alabama A&M. Alabama A&M came in number one in the HBCU coaches and media polls got out to the good start. The Bulldogs had the 7 to nothing lead in the second quarter, looking for more. Glass takes the snap, shotgun snap, throws it up into the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown. That's D. Anderson. From eight yards, and the Bulldogs led 14 to nothing, but Grambling would strike with eight minutes remaining in the first half. Finding the shotgun, fakes the handoff. He's got a receiver wide open, touchdown, Tiger! Tony Forrest on the reception, 13 yards out, and the Tigers were on the board, trailed 14 to seven. As a matter of fact, the Tigers would score 17 straight points to take a 17 to 14 lead, and Alabama A&M would be looking to respond with about four and a half remaining in the first half. Class drops back, he is pressured, and he's going fumble. down, he's fumbled. Defense picks it up, and that is going to be six for the Tigers. Cameron Richardson is the guy who gets the scoop and the score. At that point, the Tigers led 24 to 14 at halftime, and in the third quarter, the Tigers wanted more. Got a man down the sideline, and he's got it, and he's got daylight, and that's going to be six. Great pass by Noah Bodden. Nick Harrison and Ozzie Clark on the Grambling Sports Radio Network. The pass to Kobe Ross, 60 yards. Grambling at that time led 34 to 14. Would go on to knock off then number one Alabama A&M, 37 to 28. Now, let me take you to Orangeburg, South Carolina for a traditional MEAC matchup between South Carolina State and Bethune-Cookman. Of course, Bethune-Cookman now in the SWAT. In the first quarter, the Bulldogs jumped out to the seven to nothing lead with Bethune-Cookman looking to respond. It's a high kick, it's gonna be short, it's gonna be fielded by these at the five yard line. He's at the 10, at the 15, at the 20, at the 25, he's got speed. Oh. And there he goes. I just mentioned he's got speed, he's at the 50. He's gonna be gone 30, 25, 20, My. 15, 10, five, touchdown, Darnell Dees. 95 yards and the Wildcats tied the game at seven, South Carolina State would regain the lead on a Kendrell Flowers two-yard run with 3.59 remaining in the first quarter. Then, South Carolina State had possession with about seven minutes remaining in the first half and looking to further open its lead. Back to pass Corey again. Corey looking long. Corey throwing it out. They got a man out there wide open, Wilverine. He'll walk into the end zone. Touchdown, Corey Fields. 38-yard pass to Wilverine. 20 for the Bulldogs, 7 for Bethune-Cookman. That was Ernest Robinson on the Bulldogs radio network. The route was on, and South Carolina State got its first victory of the season, defeating Bethune-Cookman 42-35. The Wildcats now 0-5 on the season. And in Greensboro, North Carolina, Jalen Fowler to his left is Jamaine Martin since the fullback in motion to the right. Give it to Martin, straight up the gut. Martin, five yards, yes. first touchdown of the season for Jamaine Martin. 
North Carolina A&T running back Jamain Martin, 13-yard touchdown run at the time, put the Aggies ahead 27-14 A&T, making history would go on to route Robert Morris 41-14. First Big South game for the Aggies, who now even their record at 2-2. Two two, yours truly and Al Swan on the Aggie Sports Radio Network. From the press box to press row, the radio show airs weekly on radio stations across the country, as well as Fridays, 7 p.m. Eastern, that 6 p.m. Central Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, and Saturdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central and 6 Pacific on Sirius XM, Channel 142 to listen to the show, or for more information, log on to BoxToRow.com. Let's talk some National Football League here on the program and for the third straight week, I went 10 and 5. So not bad, right? Like, not bad. I mean, picking up a couple of wins like that Browns and Vikings game was a tough game to call. The Chargers and Raiders, I think, tough games to call. Won both of those. Probably some games uh, that, you know, you try to go for upsets from time to time. Uh, I picked the Lions over the Bears. Probably knew better. Than that, But I just felt like the Lions were playing really well. But if you look at Justin Fields, I mean, he's ready to rock and roll. It's about time that Matt Nagy named him the starting quarterback. He did after earlier in the week saying that if, you know, Andy Dalton was was healthy, Andy Dalton would be the starter. But now he's named Justin Fields the starter. And I don't think you can go back from that. Like, you've got to sort of stick with that and sort of keep that one going. Of course, A really good game. Rams and the Seahawks already played on Thursday. So let's look at the Jets and the Falcons. So the Jets are coming off a pretty big win. I mean, that was a big win, I think, for the Jets last week. I mean, not that I think it was. I mean, it was the Jets' first win of the season. I mean, you didn't even know if the Jets were even going to win, and let alone to beat the Titans, who the Titans are definitely a contender. I don't know what the Titans aren't playing particularly well the defense already was sort of suspect but the offense isn't hitting on a whole lot either but the Jets get a big win uh, take on the Falcons the Falcons are coming off the loss against the Washington football team one in which the the Falcons probably should have won that game probably should have beaten the Giants the week before as I've mentioned before Matt Ryan has seen his better days that said you know the Jets are going to be more defensive oriented Right. And listen, maybe Zach Wilson will get better from week to week. Got off certainly to a shaky start, but certainly was part of the Jets victory over the Titans. Uh, I'm going to go with the Jets. I'm going to go with the Jets to to get another win and to make it two in a row. I'm going to go with the Jets, the Patriots and the Texans. So the Patriots played a solid football game against the Bucs. But, you know, Tom Brady's not going to lose that game, going to come into Uh, come up to Foxborough and win that game. Patriots are solid. I must say, like, I'm not, I'm at the, at the moment, I'm not super impressed with Mac Jones. He, I mean, he does some, you know, he's a short pass kind of guy. He's going to complete for a high percentage. But I mean, you know, this was the first time I actually got a chance to watch him play. Didn't move the ball particularly, you know, it's not a guy that's going to throw the ball down the field, but we'll see as time evolves. Maybe bring him along slowly, give him his confidence, and then, you know, go from there. Uh, the Texans are just struggling right now, and I'm definitely going to go with the Patriots. That game is in Houston. The Vikings and the Lions, 
you know, I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. Division game, right? I get it. The Lions are just, they played well uh, the first couple of weeks. Not so much against the Bears, who are a marginal football team right now. We'll see how things progress uh, with Justin Fields now as your starting quarterback. But the Vikings, even though the Vikings lost to the Browns, you know, the Vikings going back a couple of weeks lost to the Cardinals is a good football game. The Vikings are playing well offensively. I think they still have to get some things settled uh, defensively, although they weren't bad last week. But I definitely like the Vikings in Minnesota. The Eagles and the Panthers. So this is an interesting game. The Panthers are coming off that loss against Dallas. Dallas is, I mean, Dallas is legit. Like, you know, I, I, I definitely coming into the season, taking a wait-and-see approach based upon what the Cowboys did last year. I'm a believer once again in the Cowboys. Can the Cowboys win the division? I'm still not ready to go there, uh, even though the Washington football team isn't great. I mean, maybe the defense picks up. We'll see, and it's a rivalry game. We'll we'll see, right, when the two teams meet twice. Um, The Eagles just ain't getting it done right now. That's the bottom line. I think the Panthers bounce back ultimately um, in this football game. Uh, and uh, I like the Panthers over the Eagles. That game is in Charlotte, Washington and the Saints. So, again, the Washington football team, uh, fortunate to win. But the Saints, like if you're the Saints, uh, you know, you're coming off that loss to the Giants, and the Giants aren't, aren't a bad football team. Like I think the Giants are pretty good, actually. They just haven't gotten off to the best start um you know Jameis Winston we'll see how much you know he does going forward he's he's been okay right um I I don't have much faith in the Washington football team defense I think a guy like Winston can carve that defense up but he can also make some mistakes um as well but you know the way Heineke is playing that offense you know uh, Samuels is now part of that offense um, you know, J.D. McKissick, big touchdown last week. I like the Washington football team in Washington. The Jaguars and the Titans. So Jacksonville has some issues right now. Uh, Urban Meyer, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to make a big deal about, you know, hanging out in the club. I mean, yeah, okay, he, you know, is that a distraction? Like he shouldn't be, you know, and the team has made a statement. He's come out with a statement. Uh, Urban Meyer said he's going to be better. I mean, to me, it's about what are you doing on the football field? And, I mean, I think this is a division game against the Titans. Um, I I think that, but, you know, the Jaguars got some issues. Meanwhile, the Titans are looking to rebound. They're looking to be a contender. I like the Titans in this game. Buccaneers and the Dolphins. The Dolphins just got, a, you know, some issues right now. Um and the Buccaneers are really, really good. Yeah, lost to the Rams, but in one of the other games that I picked, I picked the, I picked the, actually the Cardinals over the Rams last week, um, and the Rams are, are still really good, but remember the Rams took care of the Buccaneers, only lost, but the Buccaneers bounced back against New England uh, last week. I, I don't think the Buccaneers have any problems taking care of the Dolphins. I like the Buccaneers in Tampa. Cincinnati. And the Packers. So this is interesting. Like, Burrow's playing well. But I think the Packers, 
you know, the Packers losing to the Saints in the manner in which the Packers lost to the Saints to open the season was an aberration. I mean, I think the Packers are back on track. Uh, the Bengals are solid, but not enough for me for the Packers. I like the Packers on the road in Cincinnati. The Steelers and the Broncos. So the, the Steelers got a lot of questions to answer. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, a lot has been made about him. I still think Ben has a little bit of something left in the tank, but he doesn't have much help. He doesn't have an offensive line. He doesn't. The running game has not gotten going yet. The defense maybe not as good as it needs to be. I mean, I think at some point Pittsburgh is going to bounce back um, this season and be good, but it's not going to be against the Broncos. Um, I think the Broncos uh, are definitely a contender out west, even though the Broncos are coming off the loss to the Ravens. I mean, you got to look at the way the Ravens are playing some really good football. I think the Broncos bounce back and get the win this week in Pittsburgh. The Bears and the Raiders. This should be a good one. The Raiders' first loss of the season coming off that loss to the Chargers Monday night. Um, you know, the Bears start Justin Fields again. But this time not, I mean, maybe injury uh, to Dalton. But at the end of the day, uh, Nagy named Fields the starter earlier in the week. Backed off the part about, okay, if if Dalton's healthy, we're, he's going to be our starter. Um, I think the Raiders throw some wrinkles at Fields. I think he ultimately has a solid game, but not solid enough. And I like the Raiders in Las Vegas. The Chargers and the Browns. Man, the L.A. Chargers are playing some good football right now. I'm telling you. You know, Justin Herbert looks really good. He's got a sound offense. That whole offense is good. The defense is solid. I mean, the Browns are coming off, you know, uh, I mean, they're coming off a victory over the Vikings. I mean, a a, a solid victory um, over the Vikings. Um, this is a tough game. Game is in L.A. I mean, I don't know how much of a difference that really makes right now when you're trying to establish a team, and uh, two teams actually, in Los Angeles. Whew. Man, I, you know what? I'm going to go with the Browns. I'm going to go with that Browns running game. Uh, against the Chargers defense. I like the Chargers offense. I think this is a, I think I was call it a high-scoring game, but maybe somewhere around 24 to 21. I like the Browns. Giants and the Cowboys. Wow, divisional matchup. So you throw all that stuff out of the window. You throw the fact that maybe the Giants aren't playing as well as we would have thought they would play about a quarter of the way through the season, uh, but they're coming off a win. Cowboys have been pretty dominating. I think the Giants' defense can show up at any time. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be this week. I just don't know if it's going to be this week. I mean, you know, it's a division game. and that that That's what scares me. But I'm still going to go. Like I did last week when I was sort of on the fence between the Cowboys and the Panthers. I went with the Cowboys. I'm going to do it again this week and go with the Cowboys. Cardinals and 49ers. Man, this should be a really good football game. You can make an argument that the Cardinals may be the best team in the National Football League. I still like the Rams, even though the Cardinals beat the Rams. Rams are playing really, really well. 49ers, um, you know, are, aren't bad, right? But they, you know, you know Garoppolo, what's the deal? You know, uh, but mm, I, I like the Cardinals. I just think the Cardinals are playing well, and I like the Cardinals in Arizona. 
The night game, 820 game, Eastern time, Bills and the Chiefs. Ooh, should be a good one. The Chiefs are struggling. The Bills are playing well. I think as much as I, I think the Chiefs are ultimately going to be good, um, man, this is one of those other games that's really tough to pick. Like, I like the Bills and the way the Bills are playing. The Chiefs are going to figure it out this week. I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this football game. I think they figure it out this week. The Monday night game, the Colts and the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, that offense, pretty decent. Um, you know, running game is good, right? All the injuries at running back, running game is good. Defense is good. Colts, yeah, but no. <laughs> I'm not going to go with the Colts. Uh, you know, the Colts' defense just hasn't been as good as you thought they would have been, and the Colts are coming off the win, but it was against the Dolphins, who aren't great. Um, and game is in Baltimore. I'm going to go with the Ravens. Your thoughts. Hit me up on Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. We're going to be joined by NASCAR driver, Bubba Wallace, NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace, going to join us on the program in the next segment. Listen, big games this weekend, right? This Saturday, as a matter of fact, in HBCU football, particularly in the CIAA. Listen, in the CIAA, the Northern Division matchup between Bowie State and Chowan could very well decide the North and the matchup in the South between Shaw and Fayetteville State could very well decide the South. In the SWAC, on the Western Division side, Grambling and Alcorn on the East, Alabama A&M and Jackson State. I spell it out in the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Check it out right now at BoxToRow.com. Missed any of our shows? How about our conversations with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment? Check out BoxToRow Podcast at BoxToRow.com or on Apple Podcasts. Hi, everyone. This is the Chakra Doctor, and I wanted to give you all a big thank you for making Miracle Food the number one detox program on the market. I also would like to give a warm welcome to all of my newcomers and first-time triers of Miracle Food. Miracle Food is the Bruce Lee Jeet Kune Do of the holistic world. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't other healers out there with products and services. I'm just clarifying that Miracle Food is the best. Come see what the hype is about at ChakraDoctor.org or call me at 818 818- Four two nine one six seven five. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance invites event planners, athletes, and fans to jump back into all the sports opportunities that Greater Raleigh, North Carolina has to offer, from BMX racing to baseball, soccer to swimming, world-class venues for championship play at every level are right here, along with first-rate hotels and exciting off-field attractions and experiences. Learn more and plan your next play at RaleighSports.org. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. Let's continue here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman named, listen, made history once again for the first time in 58 years, first black driver to win on the NASCAR Cup Series, he won on Monday at Talladega. He's one of the more popular drivers on the circuit. He is Bubba Wallace. He joins us here on Box to Row. 
Bubba, congratulations and welcome back to the program. Thank you, brother. How are you? Doing good, man. I know last time we saw you was Media Day, uh, Daytona 500, uh, right. 2020, right, right before yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. But I want to go here. Um, your thoughts on winning your first Cup Series race at Talladega? Man, it's uh, it's, it's a dream come true. Uh, finally, you know, I don't know why I waited so long. <laughs> um, but no, I just uh, just man, just proud of, of everybody. Uh, happy for my team. Happy for my family. Uh, proud of myself. You know, that's the biggest thing. Got to have some self appreciation in there, and, and uh, you know, our, our partners involved, uh, McDonald's. You know. Root, DoorDash, Columbia, uh, Dr. Pepper. I mean, it's 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 a win for everybody, and that's what's so important that we were able to accomplish that as a team. And it's a huge team effort. Everything we do week in and week out is all a team effort. And so um, just happy for them. Yeah. Must, of course, mention that Bubba does drive the number 23 for uh, 2311, as a matter of that's fact, right. and we'll talk more about that. Take me through the emotion. It's a rain delay. You know, I had a chance to see your emotion. You hit the let's go, you know, when you found yeah. out that you won. Just take us through that. Yeah, I was excited, man. You know, once we got the official word that the race was uh, was over, it it, uh, it sunk in immediately, knowing that we were a winner in the Cup Series. Just, uh, just very humbling. And, uh, you know, I was able to celebrate with the team there. That meant a lot to me. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people on our team, uh, it was their first win, so uh, super cool for them. So uh, we're, we're all enjoying it at this time. Yeah, a lot of hugs, certainly all the way um, around. Did it mean, because it was at Talladega, and, and of course the, the noose incident that happened, you know, some 16 months uh, ago, a lot made of that, but did it mean more because you won there because of that incident that happened last year? Uh, no, you know, it, I just, I had a feeling that we were gonna, that we were gonna win, uh, on Friday or Saturday, uh, just had that feeling and, uh, it, and it made perfect sense. It was like, man, Talladega here, you know, it's, it's 16 months, everything that's gone on, you know, it just makes too much sense not to. Um, and so to be able to see it come to fruition, I wish I was good enough to do that with a lottery ticket, you know, which one's going to win. Um, but you know, we hit the lottery, we hit the lottery on Monday and, uh, we're, we're, we're riding that, that, uh, emotional roller coaster all the way out. Yeah. Take us through the race, you know, just your abilities, obviously in the race, but the ability to be able to, be able to take that lead right yeah. before the rain delay came about. Yeah. So we knew we were racing to, uh, to halfway, uh, and sometimes it was like, Hey, you know, it's not going to rain at all. We're going to race this full thing out, but and it was such a dark cloud right behind turn one. And I was like, oh, I think, I think the rain is near. And so we, uh, we made the right calls to, uh, to get up to where we were. Freddie did an awesome job on top of the box or on top of the uh, spotter stand to, uh, to get us where we needed to be, get us in the right line, tell me where the energy was coming from, top, middle, bottom. And uh, it worked out. And as soon as that caution fell, it started raining. So it was just a perfect storm. Of course, Bubba Wallace drives the number 23 for 2311 Racing, joins us here on Box to Row. Bubba, take us through last year and, and you know, what sort of that was like for you. Yeah, last year was tough. Last year was a lot uh, emotionally, um, you know, mentally. It was, 
it was a lot to handle, but you know, you surround yourself with the right people to help you navigate through those uh, troubling times. It makes it a little bit easier. Um, you definitely are able to learn and grow from who you are and from what's going on uh, to get you to where you need to be. And uh, it makes you appreciate those moments a little bit better, especially in times like now where you can look back and reflect on how far you've come and, and look at how far you got to go. You know, it, it's interesting for you. And, and I know you, we've talked about this with, you know, with mental health. And I know you were dealing a lot with that in 2019 and you, and you spoke on that. But I know, at least reading, you had to get off of social media for a little yeah. while in terms of reading social media, yeah. but to be more specific. Yeah. You, to your point, like you can't satisfy everybody. And even though you yeah. go out and do great things, man, people are still going to hate. I mean, can, can you talk yeah. about that and just having to sort of get away from that a bit? Yeah, yeah. I've been off my main pages. Uh, I'll check in every once in a while. Uh, I've been on it a little bit this week just to see all the, the, the positive outreach. Um, but I've been off my main pages for uh, two, three months now. And uh, that's been, that's been a huge mental gain for me. Just uh, getting away from all the BS that you got to go through and, and, and read about. Um, but now I just sit back and laugh looking at all of it right now. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. You should be laughing. I, I mean, I know. you know, big win but you know the thing about like you've continued to progress i mean last year you look at 2020 you know a tough year for you but it was your best finish on the the cup series i know maybe this year's have been a little bit of a challenge but at the end of the day at least you've got one race we've still got more races to go but you've got one win under your belt yeah no no doubt just continue to get better um you learn a lot and it, it's super tough uh, if you don't have all the stars aligned, then it's, it's very hard to win. And, uh, man, the stars were just aligned perfectly. They were shining bright for Monday for us to go out and capitalize on. It just worked out. And so, uh, this, this sport teaches you a lot about patience, um, helps you grow as a driver and as a competitor. And, uh, it's cool to say that I'm a cup series winner. That's right. The one and only Bubba Wallace joins us here on the program for you. You know, now you're under 23 11 racing you were under richard petty racing for all yeah. of those years i mean to I mean to me that's that's amazing because you're under richard petty racing one of the great drivers of all time you come now to 2311 yeah. mj's one of the greatest athletes of all time and denny yeah. hamlin's one of the greatest yeah. racers so that's a great combination speak to that and being part of this team now yeah no my my uh, my cup career has been uh quite the illustrious names uh, on the resume. And so uh, I, I appreciate the opportunities, man. I, um, you know, I have people that believe in me that trust in me to go out and, and get the job done. And it's, it's super cool. It's, it's, it's humbling. It's, it's inspiring to have people on those calibers that, that have that faith and, and, and trust in me to go out and do what I can do. So I appreciate them. I give it my all each and every time, no matter who I'm driving for, we're going to go out and try to go for wins each and every lap. Last two thoughts. Why was last year the right time for you to call upon NASCAR to ban the Confederate flag? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I had enough time to sit sit back and, and look from afar at what you know other people were saying that that wanted to be a part of our sport or that didn't want to be a part of our sport because of, of the Confederate flag. And it was like, okay, I got time today, and um, it's it's something that I took upon my shoulders to. Uh, to go out and, and make a make a deal about 
and uh, hats off to NASCAR for for following suit and uh, realizing it, it as well to uh, to get it, the Confederate flag out of here to really show that hey, that's not what we're about. You know, we're way more than that. Let's let's give let's give the the opportunity to uh, to show what we're about. And then what you got Charlotte this weekend? Is that that's right? Right. So, and, and is that Saturday? Is that a Saturday race? Sunday race. It's a Sunday. Okay, so so at yeah. least you have that. But see, you know, generally you'll have the seven days, but now you got six because of the race on yeah. Monday. But talk about Charlotte's yeah. oval track. Yeah, that's it's not the oval. It's the roval. It's the road course. Yes. Oh yeah, it's uh, man, it's it's wild. It's going to be crazy. Uh, the margin of error is so small. So. You have to be definitely on top of your P's and Q's, um, even dying your eyes and crossing your T's because it's it's tricky. So we'll uh, go out and give it our all, go have some fun, and ride the momentum train out. He drives the number 23 for 2311 Racing. He is a Cup Series winner. He is Bubba Wallace. He joins us here on Botch to Row. Bubba, great to catch up with you again. Continued success in all you do. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Bubba Wallace joining us here on the program. If you want to react to anything that Bubba Wallace had to say, hit us up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, had to be an extremely, I mean, think about it, the only black driver on the NASCAR circuit, the big boy circuit, the Cup Series circuit having to deal with all of that. Like, even when he wins, he has to deal with the racism. All of that comes along on Twitter. I mean, it's, it's you just wonder how he's able to deal with it all and still stay focused. It's hard enough to be a driver, right? And then to have to deal with all of the other stuff surrounding being a black driver, the vitriol, uh, the just pure disrespect that some, not all, but some fans have for Bubba Wallace. You got to wonder how he deals with it. And to finally, to finally win a race. And I think appropriately at Talladega, uh, what a, what a great feeling. And we'll see what happens in Charlotte uh, this week. But again, (laughs) to be mentored by, Uh, Of course, Richard Petty, and then now not only to be a part of Michael Jordan's uh, team with Denny Hamlin. That's the thing. Michael Jordan's not a a race guy, all right? Neither was Joe Gibbs, but he gets into it, and they provide the money. They know how to win, but then to have a guy like a Denny Hamlin also uh, who's one of the great drivers uh, and still one of the great drivers uh, to, to, to be a part of that as well. Boy, I mean, the sky is the limit. The sponsors seem to be there. I think the sp- it's been a tough year, right? It's been a tough year, ultimately, for Bubba. But to be able to get this victory uh, is absolutely, absolutely tremendous for Bubba Wallace. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Bubba Wallace for joining us on today's program. Thank you to Gabe Gardenia, the head football coach at Albany State, for joining us on today's program. I'm going to be in Greensboro calling the A&T and North Alabama game. Big South uh, football should be a good one. But I hope you enjoy the game that you're either going to be at, that you're going to watch. Now, so many games that you can watch on apps and so forth. So just enjoy the weekend 
and of course the games on Sunday in the National Football League should be a great, great weekend of football. And always remember to support those that support Yo, Box to Road is presented by DW Communications. You know how to go when you got a girl in a crib. You know how that is. Oh, what a night.